What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. All right, Ken, on today's episode of The Hive Jive, we are going to talk about why we don't need bees, um, they're irrelevant, and how you can kill your bees very easily. That's going to be our topic. (laughs) Why we don't need bees? Oh, sure. (laughs) We don't need bees. Nobody needs bees. We we, we don't need bees? We just go buy the honey somewhere? No, no. Oh, we don't even have honey. Who needs honey? Nobody needs honey. Oh, we got pure cane sugar. There you go. You're right. We yeah. got corn syrup. We got corn syrup. Oh, hell, we're good. Syrup. We got corn syrup. We're good. No, okay, so, you know, but it's April Fool's Day. Yeah, so it is. Monday, so April Fool's? Monday, April 1st. Okay. Do you know what the actual history of April Fool's Day is? It's April 1st. <laughs> it's the first day of April. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so, supposedly, nobody actually knows the answer to that question. Okay. There is no... April Fool's! Yeah, yeah. right. April Fool's! <laughs> nobody knows. Um, there's no definitive answer on it. So, there's speculation about several different things. One of them is that it was back in 1582 when France decided that they needed to switch from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Gregorian when they did that, there were a lot of people that were slow to get the news as it traveled across the country, and you had a bunch of people that knew that it had moved to January 1st, and the rest of them thought that the New Year still started on April 1st, and therefore they were kind of like the butt of the joke, and everybody would make fun of them and call them an April Fool because they were still off on the wrong calendar. Um, another speculative thing was that in Rome, Mm. Rome, they celebrated what was called the Fest of Hilaria. And it was basically, you know, just almost like the word kind of insinuates. So it Mm -hmm. was a bunch of masks and pranks and hilarity Mm -hmm. that ensued. And then here in the Northern Hemisphere, there was speculation that April Fool's Day was actually tied to the vernal equinox. And it was basically Mother Nature's way of playing pranks on us because the temperature would fluctuate so drastically. Mm-hmm. And is it spring or is it winter? Or what's happening? And mm-hmm. for instance, this morning, the low is mm-hmm. 37 freaking mm-hmm. degrees. And it's April 1st in Central Texas. Mm-hmm. A couple of days ago, it was 85. Yeah, then <laughs> Thursday was supposed to be back to 87. I know, right? So so that one could have some yeah. merit to it. Um, but nobody truly knows. We, we have no idea. Well, at least we don't live up north. Well, farther north, yeah, yes. further north. We don't want to be up there in Chiberia. Yeah. <laughs> I have a present for you, Ken. What do you got? Do you, do you see this little thing over here? Da, da, da. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> that's, so, Les, that's Les's book. That is your book. Well, thank you. Autographed by Les Crowder. Oh, hey. And that will kind of help you out, especially since how you've been doing the swarm traps and everything. Oh, and yeah. also, um, just to jump back a little bit, um, if you saw the video, everybody, that I posted on Instagram and Facebook, um, I was an idiot and locked my laptop in a city about 30 miles from home, so I could not upload a bonus episode last Monday, as we had originally intended, that announced the winner of the contest from our previous interview with Les Crowder. So um, just as an official announcement, the winner was Daniel Bauer McGuire, Mm -hmm. and he lives in Iowa, and he technically should have received his book this Saturday. All right. And uh, Les also... uh, um, autograph the book and everything for him so congratulations to daniel and thank you everybody who followed the three steps and put in your submissions for that that was awesome it was fun we will definitely do another giveaway uh, down the road here that was it was entertaining (laughs) we might give you a b just one just one b (laughs) just gonna get one b and we will make no guarantees as to the quality or livelihood of that b once you receive it (laughs) but could we get them an italian b a Kavarian b or a huscarian b or a china b or china b i have a lot of bees that were made in china (laughs) they're stuffed they might have the word Thai and a little red heart on the side of them. Um, I could totally do a China bee. Uh, China bee? <laughs> That's our like China Grove. Yeah, you know, people are saying, oh, China, where the hell is China Grove was down to San Antonio, and it was a it was a song. It was it was a rock song. You don't you, you probably was too young. 
Maybe. Yeah. I'm Eric, not sure. Eric's not in there. He would tell us all about China Grove. China Grove? Yeah, well, I'll shut up now. Who was the artist? Hell, I don't know. Well, there we go then. But it was one of the rockers <laughs> back in the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when Eric gets back, I'll ask him and he'll tell us all about it. And he'll, he'll, I guarantee you, Eric knows who it was. But yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get into this. So it's got diagrams on how t- I need to look at my, uh, top bars and how to yeah he's i think if i don't remember roughly off the top of my head i want to say that the diagram in there from him on how to build a top bar was originally sketched out on a napkin at a restaurant (laughs) so it's a definite rough draft um how are your swarm traps going oh they're doing good i've got i built six out of barrels i will tell you right now they work but (laughs) They are a pain in the rear end. They're too big. Just build them out of boxes. Build them out of wood, people. Or buy them. <laughs> or, or buy them buy from Man Lake em. or buy them from Day Day. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you have an old, if you've already bought bees and they came in one of the corrugated plastic they nuke boxes, yeah. that is a perfect swarm trap. Yeah. Um, anything like that, especially if it's already had bees, then it's going to have that, that odor and the smell mm-hmm. and stuff. It'll help out. The odor. You're talking about the odor. Uh, I bought a bait. I won't say a name. Unless they want to pay us. Yeah, unless they want to pay us. <laughs> but I sm- got smell like lemongrass oil. It does, yeah. And then I got a gel from the same company. Now everybody's, I know which one it was now. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> I I put this in. It, it has a different, it's, it's kind of the same, but it's a little different. Mm, I, I don't know if, if it's, it's because of the gel. Yeah. But it doesn't put the odor off like the like the other one did in the little vials isn't the gel supposed to release it lasts slower longer. yeah it lasts longer so it is probably just chemical composition yeah. of it. but now what they're trying to do is they're trying to mimic what's called the nazanov pheromone from the bee mm-hmm. and there's the the nazanov gland is just about towards the tip of the bee's abdomen and they'll kind of drop down those last couple of dorsal plates there and release this pheromone and it's the come hither pheromone or the the like a homing beacon oh they come and, to it let yeah. me tell you uh, as i was i was putting it in the uh, i mixed some uh with the beeswax yeah i got from you uh, i mixed some with that and they love that mm-hmm. while i was putting up my my the four i've got three swarm traps out right now and each one of those, while I was putting them up, there was a bee or two going in and out of it, looking it over. I'm sitting there, yep, y'all. And then they found my my hormones, my <laughs> they found your stash. And, and they found <laughs> my wax, and yeah, they were all over that. And then I got it on my hands, and they'd come over and have to smell my hands, and yeah, that yeah. works. Uh, it it. it I don't. I haven't caught none yet, but I've only had them out about a week. Yeah, that's okay. So. I mean, swarm season, it, like it, it starts off some seasons pretty early, but what really is going to cause it is as the nectar flow starts to ramp up and increase, and the bee population is increasing inside the colony. When they run out of space, now mind you, a caveat to that, they could be inside of a giant hollow log, mm-hmm. but they only have ten combs actually drawn out mm-hmm. and built they ignore the rest of that void. So there could be another 10 foot of empty space that they could build. Mm -hmm. But to them, all of their space, which is the comb, is full. So they don't necessarily look at the, when when it comes to swarming, they don't look at the volume of the cavity and say, oh, but we have room. Um, They look at what comb was already built. It's chocked full of brood. It's chocked full of food. We're getting crowded. There's not enough room for all the bees to be on the comb. They have to separate off. Mm-hmm. So we must be doing well. Let's go ahead and divide and split. Okay. And when they do that, then you get your swarm. And that can happen. It'll start getting more and more and more increasing in prevalence as April comes forward. And then into May and into June, like the swarms will just continue issuing from colonies mm-hmm. as that colony reaches that threshold of, okay, we've hit the mark. We can go. So... You have plenty of opportunity for your, what, seven so, total now? Six barrels in one box? I got six barrels in one box. And I'm going to put the, I got a ranch. It uh, said she said I could put a couple of them over there. And that was a good place because that's where an old bee, bee, beekeeper was. And he had a bunch of boxes and they the family just quit messing with them. 
and that's where all our hives are coming. That's where our, our swarms are coming from. So many of them trees, went, our bees went to the trees. Yeah. And that's where our hives come from. And those were European bees. So they're very, once in a while we have seen a, a, a mean swarm, but most of them not, not, not the swarm. Once they live, the colony, a yeah. colony. Uh, we've only seen two bunches that have been, I guess, Africanized. They're all Africanized, but that was a meaner bunch. The others haven't been. So I don't know. That's, we'll, that's how it works. We'll find out. It's like we'll, a little roller coaster. And then I'm going to put two of them over at our place in Mason. And those are the bigger ones. Those are made out of the 30-gallon barrels. So they're both 20-bar top high, top, 20-bar Top Which bar. is that's significant. Um, in a top bar, regardless of the overall size of it, we say here for Central Texas that you need 10, 12 to 14 maximum bars. That's almost the equivalent for them as a deep and a medium. And so that is really all they need to mm. completely overwinter and, and be successful. The rest of that excess space is to allow your colony to get bigger. The bigger that it is, the more honey it can make because mm -hmm. the more foragers it has. Um, but that also allows you harvestability at the back half of that. So if they have 15 combs that you say is all theirs, and then they've got another 10 comb past that that's full mm -hmm. of honey, well, that's yours. So that's kind of how you do that separation in a top bar, where if it was a Langstroth, we'd look at it and say the deep box is their brood chamber. That's their right. house. The medium box above it is their food stores. That's mm -hmm. their pantry. You never touch it. The third box, which should also be a medium, mm -hmm. that's yours. And anything above that third box is yours. That's kind of how you do the easy division of it. One box of bees to one box of food or one bar of bees to one bar of food is what they need to survive. Now, on... I have been doing a lot of studying and building the. I've been building my top bar hives. Everybody's showing a traveling board, but we don't. You you say you don't put a traveler in there. The separator. No. Um, a lot of the commercial ones that you can find online and buy, mm -hmm. they have that in there. Mm -hmm. And the the concept of it is to limit the space when for you, the queen. No. No. No, it's to limit the space on the actual colony. So if you've got a small nuke and they don't necessarily have a lot of bees yet, you can put that traveling board up and just give them a couple little couple bars worth of space between mm -hmm. their last comb and that board and it kind of helps them feel more safe. It, it reduces the amount of area, surface area that they've got to guard, right? But in okay. reality, if they move into a log, the log doesn't come with a traveler board. It doesn't come right. with a division board, right? So we always, when we, we take a colony, if it's a nuke and we're just installing it, we take all those out. And when I build my own, I don't, I don't provide that for anybody. I'm like, nope, sorry. If you want one, you can build it yourself. Mm -hmm. But what it ends up becoming is a lot of them don't fit perfectly inside the colony. Mm -hmm. And that tiny little gap along the edges is a perfect place for tons of hive beetles to hide because the bees can't get to them. Mm -hmm. Their larvae can hatch out inside there and hide and the bees can't get to them. Um, what we usually end up doing is we'll take those out. We give them the entire length of the top bar to build their, col their colony. Mm -hmm. And in the spring, when the nectar flow is going on, they can build out and expand very quickly. So you're going to have to be going out there every couple of days and moving that stupid board if you if you leave right, that in there. Right. And so we we take that out. Now, the only time that I would say you can, I'm not even going to say should, but can use it, is when winter comes, you know the colony's not going to expand any further. Mm -hmm. You can then move those follower boards up just maybe one space away from the last comb. Because that will help trap the heat into a smaller area for the bees and mm -hmm. just kind of help them regulate the heat better instead of it traveling all the way down okay. the rest of the, the I can few see feet. that. You know, visiting with Les Crowder, it was very, very instructional, very We had a good. lot of feedback from his interview. Oh, yeah, People were just blown away. And, and some of them were like, wow, that was like a spiritual experience. <laughs> like it was just... He's so in tune and just mellow and in and, and sync with the bees. And like, we got a lot of feedback from that. Congratulations, Les. Everybody loved you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I got a book now. And you have a book. No. You did. I managed to to get, make sure that you got one and I made sure that you didn't steal Daniel's mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and it was all good. And I also realized, I, I just realized you duped me. 
you actually got me to give educational information, and I was not going to do anything of importance on this entire episode. <laughs> I stopped you. It's April Fool's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to flip the tables on you. Okay. Um, since how it is, you know, in honor of April Fool's mm-hmm. Day, please act like the whole first half of this episode didn't happen. You learned nothing. Okay. Um, so we're going to make sure this is the most important episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll start with the most important question. What's that? What is your favorite color? My favorite color? That's easy blue. I kind of had a suspicion considering the shirt you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually mine as well. So that works out. Um, No. Okay. So random misconceptions about bees. I have a whole list of things on here. They're not. They're colorblind. (laughs) Kind of, actually, to a degree. Do you know which colors they don't see? The colors they don't want to. (laughs) Is that colorblind or just color obstinate? (laughs) They choose not to. They don't see yellow? Uh, They do. They see yellow? They do. There's only one color that they don't see. What? Red. Red? Yep. They don't like roses. I mean, actually, I don't see very many bees on roses, so maybe not. No, I haven't Um, come think about it. But your Indian blanket is red and yellow and orange, and they still go to that. Oh, yeah. So, but the color itself, they don't actually see anything in that red spectrum. So infrared, they don't don't get any of that either. Um, But they do get into the ultraviolet spectrum. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, they can actually see every color plus ultraviolet minus red. They do not see red. Yeah, I figured out why I like bees so much. They're all female. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> okay, so common misconceptions. Here's your. Fr- I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you these questions mm-hmm. as if they're basically like true or false. You can say mm-hmm. yes, it's true. No, it's not. If you think you have the the correct answer okay. for all, you know. Go for it. Yes. All right. So the very first one: wasps are bees, and bees are wasps. No. No. What's False. the difference? Wasp aren't wasp eat spiders and bugs and make paper. Bees make honey and make wax. Yeah, bees are basically the vegans <laughs> or the okay, vegetarians. There you go. There of the, you go. The, okay. The, okay. Yeah. So wasps and bees both come from the order Hymenoptera. Mm-hmm. They are both the same kind of lineage they're related but they are not the same thing and a lot of times it really makes me mad because somebody will get stung and every oh, time stung me. i got stung yeah. by a bee yeah, I'm like no you didn't you got stung by a wasp you know and a yellow jacket's a hell of a lot meaner than a bee oh yes it is um but the wasps as you said they are carnivorous mm-hmm. and they do catch insects and they will eat uh the adults will eat nectar as kind of an, an energy source, but it's only at the times of year when there's not necessarily a lot of other food. And they eat fruit. They will drink the juices off of fruits. Yeah, yeah. They'll, uh, yeah I've seen many a wasp on a, on a peach or a plum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. So, next question. All bees sting. Silence. The wheels are I'm going to say a drone doesn't. That's true. So, therefore, all bees do not sting. Yeah, because a drone's worthless bee. <laughs> He's made for one thing. He's don't, breed the queen. Don't tell him kill that. Kill him, man. <laughs> He's dead. Uh, he's done. Kill him. Yeah. Well, they don't have to kill him. He dies in the process. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not as bad as like the praying mantis. I mean, at least his head doesn't get ripped off in the act of mating. Other parts get ripped Damn. off, but you know. <laughs> oh, but a bump. Yeah, all bees do not sting. There's actually a race or subsection of bees called stingless bees and they do not sting and they do make honey and their honey is um closer to how the bumblebee makes honey and i'm actually i think i'm technically giving away another answer on here but anyhow it's closer to how a bumblebee makes honey they make these weird little bubble like pots that they'll fill with it instead of the comb you know Mm -hmm. just chocked full um, but they are stingless bees, and if you make them mad, they bite you, and they'll grab your hair, and they'll pull on your hairs and things like that because they, they don't have the oh, other Oh, they're female. <laughs> that was- oh, cat fight. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. okay. We are going to get in so much trouble. Um, just so you know, Ken, most of the listeners that leave comments are female. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad y'all like honey, honey. Oh, God. Okay, so... So that one is incorrect. All bees do not sting, and you are correct. In the in the the Apis mellifera, our honeybee that I we are most that. familiar with, I, 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 the drone. I can't even say it. Yeah. Apis mellifera, the, uh, drone the drone does not sting. They do yeah. not have a stinger. Um, okay, so this one I like this one. 
Um, oh, actually, sorry. There's another subcategory there. Bees can only sting once. A regular honeybee, yes. Oh, you caught the trick they, question. They, uh, uh, the stinger leaves once they put the stinger. Now, the stinger will keep pumping venom, but it's only stinging you once. But, it, yeah, you look down there and you see that, that little black thing going tick 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 and you what the <laughs> hell did he put into me no <laughs> it is really creepy when you watch a move when i've got my suit on i usually have my phone in like the chest pocket of the suit mm -hmm. and the top of the phone sticks out and it's black and when you really make them mad they all go directly to that black thing and black they start bear. stinging it yeah. and i can look down and i'll see like all of these stingers and they're all dancing they're all going tick, and it's creepy looking to see him move. Um, I bet. But yeah, they're trying to burrow into the phone and they can't. But so, yes, you, you did catch the trick of that. The trick is the, the word bees was very generic. Mm -hmm. And it's the honeybee specifically that if it stings you, the stinger is barbed and it is designed to literally come out. But they can sting other insects repeatedly oh okay it's only a fleshy animal so livestock humans things like that right. that have a thick flesh mm -hmm, to them mm -hmm. the stinger sticks in and it pulls it out of the bee but if they're fighting another bee or another insect mm -hmm. they can sting it repeatedly because they don't have the same composition and the stinger doesn't hook to it um other bees though like bumblebees mm -hmm. just fyi bumblebees sting the hell out of you. bumblebees stingers are longer yeah so they can reach through some of our bee suits don't think you're invincible when you have that on if you're not dealing with a honeybee um, they can reach through the suit and they can sting repeatedly because their stinger is smooth but the queen bee of the honeybee her stinger is also smooth and she really? can sting as many times as she wants really yeah and that comes from the uh the the jelly that they fed her the difference in the anatomy yeah, it's all from diet yeah yep okay so this one was the one I, I was trying to jump ahead to earlier so spraying yourself with sugar water will help keep the bees calm and prevent stings if you're doing a swarm or a removal or messing with i'm gonna say hell no just make you sticky <laughs> <laughs> right. So I actually had a, a firsthand account. Well, technically, I guess a secondhand account of this. Um, somebody had called someone out to their property to have them take care of this swarm of bees. Mm -hmm. And then they called me out later because that person had to leave in a hurry. And that was the gist of it was they had people do not watch things on YouTube. I mean, mm. YouTube is not policed. Any Joe Schmo or April Fool can get on there and post whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And if you blindly follow that, you end up like this gentleman who he he took too many different things and added them together and came up with this concept. There's a bunch of stuff out there that'll say if you mist your bees with sugar water and a little bit of anything that has a fragrance, like a tea or anything to it. Or, or vanilla. Yeah, it'll make them all smell the same. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, if you're, like, combining colonies, mm -hmm. everybody smells the same. They don't fight when you first put them together. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't recommend doing that because if you have the sugar solution too thick, you can actually make the bees sticky and you can make their wings stick together. And if they don't clean each other off, you're actually doing a detriment to your colony. Plus, anywhere those sugar droplets get outside of the colony, mm -hmm. you're now attracting other bees and wasps and other insects to come in and rob <laughs> your colony. <laughs> Um, but you, this guy, this guy sprayed himself, himself with that stuff. So now you are an attractant. The bees are coming towards you and after you. And just because you smell pretty and you're sweet and sticky doesn't mean they're not going to sting you. <laughs> now you just segue yourself into another question. Oh, Lord, you have questions. Robber bees. Robber bees. They have uh, little bandanas yeah, and yes. little, little masks, little bandit masks. But now... <laughs> I had a guy telling me that he he said, well, you can't put bees in that in that ranch. Why not? He said the robber bees will come in and rob your rob your your bees, and then you have to go and find the robber bees and kill them. And I'm sitting there, robber bees? What the hell is it? There's no difference in a robber bee and a honeybee. <laughs> it's just a bigger hive. At, so. Robbing happens. Um, honeybees are extremely opportunistic, mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work and effort to make honey. Yes. So if somebody else has already made it and they are smaller and weaker, then it's easier Bingo. just to steal theirs than it is to make your own. But um, that that is not as common. What happens, like what would incite robbing? If your colony 
sets up shop, say, in one of your barrels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the swarm moves in. They start building comb. They start mm-hmm. filling it with nectar. They go through. Everything's great and peachy. Mm-hmm. That colony is not going to get robbed out unless something happens to it and it starts getting really weak and it's dying out. Then yeah. another bee might come and smell the fact that there's bees there and mm-hmm. look and see that there's no guards and then it can tell everybody else and they'll go rob it. Or say it gets super hot and they can't keep it cool and one of those combs breaks and the honey busts open. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as the smell of that raw honey hits the air, everybody knows there's oh, yeah. honey out there. See that. That's usually when robbing happens. So feeding your bees... If you spill it outside the colony or mm-hmm. anything else or you take too long, that can incite robbing. If you're harvesting honey or if you pick a comb up and it breaks and the honey falls outside the colony, mm-hmm. that can incite robbing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we always tell people never open feed. Don't put a giant sugar feeder in the middle of your apiary because it's too close to the hives and the bees can't say it's 150 yards that way. Instead, right. they just scream, it's right here, and they go to their neighbor houses and looking for this Food source. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but no, there's no difference between a robber bee and a regular bee. I didn't think so. It's just a job. Yeah. And a, you know, ski mask. And a mask. (laughs) And they carry little guns. They do. (laughs) Stingers. (laughs) Now, hang on a second. Eric's back. Oh. Eric. We had a question. Who did China Grove? China Grove. Doobie Brothers? There you go! I told you. I knew it was a Texas bunch. We should have put money uh, on that. Yeah. Doobie Brothers? No, they're not from They're from, They're from California from san jose california really yeah i'm gonna shut up you're ruining his story <laughs> <laughs> but they did china grove uh i do believe uh the manager of the grateful dead used to live in china grove and when they were in concert they'd hang out with him <laughs> see i told you there eric you would know there you go so in china grove by the way is down around san antonio folks so there you go now it's full circle yeah we have the answer yeah thank you <laughs> you're said, welcome. what the hell did that come about so <laughs> All right, so don't spray yourself with sugar. That's dumb. No. Um, All bees live in large colonies. Mm -hmm. No, because... (laughs) I'm trying to read you, damn it. Uh, I'm just saying you're making faces at you. I'm going to say no because uh, uh, your bees, most of your bees don't make honey, and they... No. Okay, so that is correct. It's mainly the Apis mellifera... Um, and some of their very close cousins, like Apis serrana, those bees... Whatever the hell they are. Okay. <laughs> those bees um, are the superorganism giant colony bees. Mm-hmm. Honeybees and then bumblebees. Bumblebees mm-hmm. are the next like other cousin type of bee that will okay. live in a colony. But a bumblebee colony only gets about 300 max, and it's not a true superorganism. And they're in the ground. They do live in the ground, um, but they... They are not a perpetually like superorganism. What they mm-hmm. do is it starts off with just the queen. She does all the work. She does all the tasks. Eventually, she gets enough workers that then she transfers those off to them, and she just starts raising babies. But then it, at the end of the year, it transitions back to a solitary bee that overwinters and starts over again. So yes and no on that. But for the most part, roughly 20,000 species of bees in the world, mm-hmm. and the majority of them, only like 4% of them live in colonies, big colonies. The rest of them are solitary. They're individual little bees. Um, they may have a small organism or a little community that work together, but they're not a super organism. And, you know, you're not talking about a lot. So correct. Okay. Good job. Yeah. Now, you know what really? <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> what got me talking to Les, and I'm glad you got me the book, uh, is when we were talking about when he was in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and they were talking about making the adobe houses. I don't know if they call them adobe there, but mud. The, the mud houses. How they would put the bees in or build the hives in the wall. Yeah, the tube in the wall for the beehives. And that it, was really interesting, actually. Oh, it was. I'm sitting there, wow. It answered some questions for me, too, because I keep seeing these uh, these pictures on Instagram for people that follow either us mm-hmm. or follow um, one of my channels. And there's a lot of them that have <laughs> these round, not the Ross round to make honeycomb, but they're I've, round hive combs that come out. And I'm like, why? But that that totally made sense. Then afterwards, if it's in a tube in your wall... It's going to make a round comb. Yeah. And that's why you have these tubes of bees, and you keep seeing them pulling out these giant tubes. And I'm like, okay, now I know why. That that makes more sense. But that's uh, 
you know, that's kind of smart. Instead of going and destroying the colony, if you yeah. have the colony come to you, smoke them out so they all leave, mm-hmm. take what you need out of the back of it, and then let them come back in. It's very, yeah. I mean, old school efficient. No, really was. And you know what's crazy is, here I am thinking of something else now, is in uh, watching these all these history channels, they're finding honey that's thousands of years old. Yeah. In the in the pyramids and such, and it's still edible. As long as it's sealed airtight, that's the key. If it can draw moisture out of the air, it will not stay forever. It will get nasty. Um, I can see that. But if it if it's sealed airtight where it can't pull the moisture from the air, yeah. <laughs> if it's dehydrated, I'll shut can. up now. Ah, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> I told you this. This is a random April Fool's episode, and I, I joke. I say it's pointless, but really, there's a lot of information oh, in here. Oh yeah. Uh, We're so, infotaining you. Infotaining you, and instead of squirrels that keep distracting Ken, it's little Easter bunnies. Mm-hmm. They just keep running across his mind, and mm-hmm. there he goes. <laughs> so, wasps can make honey. I don't know if you can hear that. There's a thum, thum, Yeah, they're, thum, they're thum. rebuilding, the, the doing a bunch of work here in the studio. Deconstruction going it's on. It's deconstruction. deconstruction. Yeah. Hell, yeah. We, we um, fingers crossed, one day we'll have a beautiful new studio. Well, <laughs> but right no, now... I don't think the studio. You don't, don't think, think they're, they're ever going to change the studios? The studio. Man. I think they might change up some of the equipment in here. I want, I want Bobby Bones' studio. Let's move next door. That's awful big. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, wait till you, no. Wait till I take you down to San Antonio. That's true. But that's San a long Antonio, drive to do oh, the show. San Antonio has got television, 54-inch television screens in the studios. Well, that's a whole different Six kind of, of squirrel them. to distract you there. And then the the producer, where we see Eric in here. Yeah, we can't see Eric anymore. He'd be no, in a whole other room. Eric is in another room, and they're watching us with 16 cameras. Yeah, that's when everything becomes live. When we start wanting to do like a, a Facebook live shows and things for you guys, we'll move into one of the cool studios so you can actually see us. But otherwise, we're going to hide in here. Oh, no, I've got <laughs> everything to do Facebook live whenever you're At ready your place, for- yeah. Out yeah, there at the lake. Yeah, yep. that's no trouble. We can do that in a heartbeat. And then we get Chico to do the, there y'all are saying, <laughs> who's Chico? Chico's my my camera guy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay, so quit stalling. Yeah. Just because you okay, don't know the go. answer to the question, Ken. Uh, no. Wasps can make no. honey. So that one's a trick question. They probably can, but they still eat bugs. So there's one species of wasp called the Mexican honey wasp. Really? And it is a teeny tiny little sucker. It's about the size of your pinky fingernail from your cuticle to the tip of your fingernail. And they are responsible for making the giant paper wasp nests in the trees that are huge, like like massive, bigger than basketball, huge paper wasp nests. Oh, the, the, the hornet's nest. It is, no, because they're not technically a hornet. Yeah. The bald face hornet does make a paper nest in a tree. Uh-huh. But it doesn't get nearly as big as the Mexican honey wasp. And they're a teeny tiny little wasp, but they live in this massive colony. They do make honey. And in Mexico, it is a delicacy. But it's it's missing like one or two key elements that make it honey like we would think of. It's not sweet. It's almost like medicinal. It's got that fermented nasty taste to it, but it is a honey. And And they make tequila out of it. No, they make that out of agave. Um, but no, so yeah, so there is a species of wasp that does make a honey store. And so. if you smoke it, it's hallucinogenic. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's peyote. <laughs> oh, okay. Or you can eat it. <laughs> yeah, um, <maybe> so. <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> We're doing a, 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 a April Fool's. This is an episode of what not to do, people. Yeah. Okay. Um, everything is the opposite of what it seems. Bees sleep at night. I'm going to say yes, they do, because if you're going to move a hive, it's something I have been learning, by the way. When I move my my swarm traps, you do it at night because all the bees are in the, in, are in the hive. So you answered it at the end for moving a hive correctly. Yeah. But the first part of it, bees do not sleep. 
They don't sleep. Not at nighttime. So that colony. They ain't got little eyelids and shut their eyes and go to bed. No, they pull will, the cover up over them. They will rest. They'll go into like okay. a little kind they of hibernate. suspended. They inter- don't sleep. They hibernate. Yeah, they kind of go into a little suspended animation stuff. Okay. But the entire colony is not doing that. Yeah, because so, the guards are sitting at the. Oh gate. no no no! They're they're still feeding all the larvae. They're generating heat to keep the brood warm. They're building new comb. So all day long, the foragers have been bringing back resources, and then at night everything's getting done and they're doing all this work. So the constant constant motion going on inside there. So the thought that you can go out and do whatever you want to to your bees at night is not necessarily a great idea. But moving a colony, what you want to do is when it's dark, mm-hmm. you lock them in. Yeah. Because like you said, everybody's home. Mm-hmm. Now the downside to that is if you piss them off, mm-hmm. everybody's home. <laughs> All 30 to 60,000 of them. And the foragers and the guard bees, those are the oldest bees. Mm -hmm. So if you were to do a hive inspection in the middle of the day, half of the population, which is the meanest half, is gone. And you're dealing with a smaller number, so it's easier. But if you were to try to do that at night, they would eat you alive. All of them are there. Yes. Um, So that leads straight into questions, uh, the sub-questions two and three on this. Bees cannot fly at night. Oh, hell yeah, they can fly in that. Yes, they can. Anytime they want. They're not like supernatural. They're now, not a vampire. Let me ask you now something. <laughs> Are bees like a Walmart? Open 24-7? Yeah. No, and also, <laughs> your greeters are your older generation. That is... Well, until they try to do away with that. I've heard a lot in the news that I that know, may not be happening. I know, they to get the greeters out, uh, I know. I yeah, no, that that could be, I mean, I think some of the Walmart greeters may be friendlier than the guard bees. <laughs> How about let's not answer that let's, question? Let's, let's stay um, out of trouble. <laughs> so, I played the fifth. The, the bees can most certainly fly at night. However, they're more apt to crawl. So it's not that they can't. They just can't see where they're going. So instead, they're going to crawl, which that means they're going to go up your leg and potentially up the inside of your pant leg to very sensitive areas. You will find them later. It's yeah, much worse than like firing in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, you know, when you said that, now you, you made me think of something that you told me earlier. When you find a swarm on the ground, mm-hmm. you said you can go to thumping something or oh no that's when they're in the air the 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 hitting a like a pan or something um how tang, do you tanging, make them tanging, tining, something make like them turn into little army and go up into the you heart. just have to stick the box in front of them like uh if you have a box that has a piece of actual uh-huh. comb in it or is a box that bees have been raised in so it has the pheromones uh-huh. if they're on the ground they don't want to be exposed like that they're desperate they're all vulnerable you put that box up there and you slide it right up to the outer peripheral of them so that the bees touching the outer edge or touching mm-hmm, the box, mm-hmm. they will turn around. They'll start smelling that. And immediately the first one looks inside and they're like, oh, my God, it's a dark cavity. It's safe. It smells like bees. Everybody come this way. And they start fanning that Nazanov pheromone and it wafts across the whole swarm and they all turn and just start marching like a giant parade right into the box. I found a YouTube video of it. Yeah. And it looks like a little army going. Yeah. Now I'll just, and they're side by side and walking up. Yep. I'm sitting there, damn, John wasn't being just, he wasn't pulling my leg. No, it's awesome. And it took me years to get that on tape because every time I'd see it, I'd just stand there with my mouth open going, Pat, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, it is. And then I'd be like, oh, dang it, I'm supposed to be recording that. <laughs> um, so the last part of this night questions okay. bees will not sting at night. Be stingy whenever the hell they want to yeah, sting you. Piss them off, they're gonna sting you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They're only gonna sting you once, unless it's not a honeybee or it's a stingless bee. Yeah. <laughs> Backtracking through the other questions yeah, we've had okay. here. All right. Sealing a hole in a wall where bees are nesting will kill the bees and solve your problem. So you've got a giant colony of bees that have moved into the wall of your house, and you're gonna wait until dark, and you're going to foam it closed. And oh, seal no. them in there. No, because uh, bees are going to get out somehow. If you foamed it, they're going to move the foam because I have seen that happen. Yes. So caulking and foam on its own will not stop uh-uh. them. Now, if you're if you're going and you're sealing up your house because you want to prevent them from ever getting in, yeah. that is perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. But if they're already in there, you have to think about what this colony is and what it is preparing for. It mm-hmm. prepares for winter where it cannot leave its colony for months yeah. on end. So if you seal them in at the right time of year, 
You have fifty to sixty thousand mouths with plenty of food and nothing but time to chew their way yep. back out of that hole. And they will. They'll chew their self right back out. Uh, they'll go through wood. Yep. If they have to. Yeah. It takes them longer. Yep. But they will chew through foam and caulking very quickly. Because they're only there for one thing, and that's to get the hell out, make more money, make more money, make more honey. That's <laughs> okay. how they're like us. So make here, we'll, we'll put a spit on that. Uh, make if, more uh... honey. And they are there. They are doing that. Till they die. If end of story. If you have bees in your wall and you don't want them to be there, don't be a fool. Call somebody like myself who can remove them alive. Oh, that's wicked bee apiary. Be sure John <laughs> John Swan will take care of your bee high bee problem. Yeah, I'll make more money. <laughs> that's right. I went into ad voice there. <laughs> it's wicked bee removal takes wicked care of the removal. Wicked bee removal. Yeah. Wicked bee apiary ad- grows the bees. Makes okay. the honey and the wickedbeeremoval.com. Yes, actually. Okay, there you go. Wicked it's wickedbeeremoval.com, <laughs> folks. Oh, Be yeah. sure to get hold of John Swan. <laughs> he will take care of your bee problem. And then you need in the, the Micro Machines voice at the very end. <laughs> Disclaimer, only if you're in Central Texas. Does not apply to New York, Mexico, Canada, California. <laughs> but he might be able to find you somebody. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I can find you a bee breeder probably yeah. better than a removal specialist. I have to know those people oh. and know that they're not um, full of crap before I will actually recommend they come and do oh. something to your house. Honey. You've experienced that before. Oh, yes, I You have, have experienced yes. the full of crap yes. person. I'll remove those yeah, bees. we know the full of crap person in Central Texas. Uh, we I will not go there. Nope. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, and now we also... What kind of queens are you getting me? Why do you keep changing the subject? You're not getting... Who said, who said you're getting queens? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so a brief update on the Queens. It, that's This is kind of irrelevant to the podcast, but it's fun to know. Uh, weather plays a dominant role in queen breeding because, obviously, um, well, our first two lines mm-hmm. that we tried to do of queens, we were still having this really goofy. Um, and we're still It's going to be it. I mean, 70 looked, yeah. today, and tomorrow it'll be freezing for a week kind yeah. of thing. And what would happen is every time we would go through and graft and put the queen cups into the raising colonies, into our builder and nursery colonies, we would have one of those cold snaps. They'd cannibalize every one of the larvae out of the cells because if it's cold, we can't be raising babies. We don't have, there's no food out there for us. Mm-hmm. So they're smart like that, but it just really irritates you when you're trying to accomplish something else outside of their doctrine, yeah. you know. But the first two rounds we had issues with. The third round at the moment is going great. It's far enough along that the cold snap yesterday, today, and tomorrow should not hurt anything. But those queens, um, those are what we call the second-gen queens. So we take the purebred mm-hmm. Russian Carniolans, mm-hmm. or um, I've also got a line going right now that are the Big Island queens. The Italian version of their queen is golden. She's so pretty. The light hits her, and she just glistens and glows. But anyhow, um, she's not. Gonna, her babies aren't going to look like that, but she's beautiful. So... Second line of those as well. We have two going on. The purebred Russian Carniolans that are coming from Honeybee Genetics, They, I spoke with them last week, and they're having the same issues we are. They're, it's either cold and raining, or it's warm and raining. And the problem with that is, if you can get the bees to raise the queens, the queens still have to leave to go and mate. And they mm-hmm. can't do that if it's raining. And yeah, they only have that. a finite window to be able to accomplish that as well. So um, there's lots going on in that. But hopefully, fingers crossed... Our purebred queens that we get from the honeybee genetics should be coming mm. in around the 12th of April. Okay. And then they've got to go into the colonies, and those colonies then need a minimum of three weeks for us to make sure that they are doing good. Okay. So we're, we're kind of looking at like May 1st-ish. Um, but you are going to get a combination. You will have some that are a purebred Russian Carniolan hybrid, <laughs> some that are a second gen of either the Russian Carniolan or the Big Island Italian, so that you can kind of get a feel for some of these different genetic profiles and what they do. You're a guinea pig, man. Didn't didn't you read the fine print when no. you? <laughs> hey, Eric, I think I want them Big Island queens. I just, what kind of queens you got? I got them Big Island queens. You know, they're the they're the, the Bahama mamas. Yeah, they're my Bahama mamas. <laughs> we got Big Island queens. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> The things we get into. Yeah. That's just like Les and his story about them teasing him about, so so do you like the darker queens? <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> he was like, well, I guess, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. All right, so your last set of questions okay. are about Africanized bees. Okay. 
the Af- thing the hell out of you. Africanized bees are not honeybees. Of course they're honeybees. Of course they're honeybees. That's how they cross with the uh, Europeans, yeah. Yeah, they're they're literally they're just a subspecies, but they are literally a mm-hmm. honeybee. They are the Apis mellifera, but they're Apis mellifera scutellata. So they're still an Apis mellifera, but I I'll go out and I'll do a job. I was doing a small uh, removal from a water meter and they were more than likely africanized because they chose to nest in the ground in mm-hmm. a very small cavity. Mm-hmm. But they were small and they knew they were small so they weren't being ornery at the time and everybody was just kind of chill and one of the neighbors comes over to see what's going on because everybody's nosy and they start you know telling the story oh i knew this guy and he had those but they weren't they weren't them honeybees they were them africanized bees and they were mean (laughs) and i just like sometimes i actually keep my mouth shut because what's going to come out is not going to be nice um but i was just like no no all honeybees and africanized bees are the same thing it's just literally (laughs) it's just a temperament um but yeah and also to that same note i'll make sure it's not actually on here on that same note if you hit a beehive with a lawnmower or mow over the top of a beehive no they're gonna piss them off does not matter if they are africanized or pure european if they're gentle or evil they're gonna try to kill you because you hit them with a lawnmower but you (laughs) damn sure don't want to do that to them big island queens because them bahama mamas will come out there and whoop you I better quit before I get in trouble. No, so Africanized bees, second question. Um, well, I'm just pretending like nothing's okay. going on. Uh, you can see a visual difference between an Africanized honeybee and a European honeybee. Uh, there's a Texas red-headed mutt, and you can see a difference there because of the red-headed mutts. But, uh, and, uh, and the Italian, they, they, they hum a little different. <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Ken, do you know why bees hum? <laughs> because they hum. Because they I don't, don't know the words. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he had it right. Eric snuck in there with the right answer. That's right. Bees hum because they don't know the words. Yeah, because the buzz. You know uh, how they fix their hair? <laughs> they use a honeycomb. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to jump in on that one. <laughs> yeah the bees fix their hair with a honeycomb okay do you know what you get if you cross a seagull with a bee <laughs> you get a beagle <laughs> oh god <laughs> these all came from students whenever i would go and and teach like uh grade school youth classes or scout programs and stuff mm-hmm. the kids always have jokes they always have jokes and so i have like this entire pile of sticky notes of, of jokes that kids have given me that's where those come from so um <laughs> The answer to the question is no. You cannot visually tell the difference between an Africanized honeybee and a European honeybee. It is a 10% genetic difference. You have to either crush them up and test their DNA or break them apart and measure each individual segment underneath a high-powered microscope to honestly define if it is an Africanized bee or not. Or they make a hell of a lot more honey than the regular honeybee. Or not. Or you're, uh, you're it really pan. depends. Because if they're in a smaller cavity, they're going to swarm way more often and not make as much food because they don't have as much space. Okay. It's only when you take the Africanized colony and you purposely manage it and you start putting in some of these protocols to get them to stay mm-hmm. that they can make a ton of honey. Okay. It's manipulation. It is manipulation or is it uh, what... Uh, Who's the guy that's, that, that that went around the world in his boat and and uh, he talks about how uh, everything changes and how the, he was an Englishman. People are hollering right now. Yeah. It is. If you know the answer to Ken's yeah. random question, what is it? please feel free to shoot us well, a no, message no, on it, Facebook it, or it's, Instagram. It's talking about... <laughs> Uh, you know, here you you brought in the the Africanized bee, and it was made in South America. It was bred originally. Yeah, it was bred in Brazil. Brazil, South America, came, came, South America. Yeah. Damn it! Okay, <laughs> I'm being uh, more specific. <laughs> and, and well, I wasn't because I wasn't sure if it's Brazil or where. Yeah, it's Brazil. And uh, so, but it came from Africa. It came the bee. Yeah, and, and because they knew that they were harder working bees, or they made a lot more honey than the european but they tried to bring the european bee in to make it more gentle and all it did was make the european bee more aggressive but it kept the 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 honey making of the africanized bee 
where in the hell am i going with this now so but anyway would you like me to throw your life preserver yes i will <laughs> did you just talk yourself into a corner i think did. i did i painted myself into a corner and i'm sitting there how the hell did I at get out least of this? he's not talking about harems of bees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i posted that video online by the way <laughs> so um okay so another funny little thing that i heard you can actually tell if it's an Africanized colony because the comb and the way that they build the comb looks visually different than an European honeybee colony. And they also got, uh, over in the corner, they got bongos. <laughs> but, you know, they're also, but they, but they are octagon-shaped bongos. Well, they've got to be. Yeah. I mean, you have to and stick with the And then they got the one B.O. going... And they're working harder. <laughs> That's what they're doing outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Eric's sitting there. Are y'all going to shut up so I can go home? <laughs> okay, so the answer to the question is no. Um, you cannot tell the difference. Okay, so a, a, an Africanized bee mm-hmm. is a honey bee. There is no difference other than their attitude. That is it. And that's going to transition into the last little question I have on here, which is the fact that Africanized honeybees can now be found all over the United States. No. Correct. They don't go past the Mason-Dixon line. Correct. It's too cold. Now, I see posts, and I'm going to call people out here, but I won't say your names, but um, just because you run across a colony of bees that has a bad attitude or is a hot colony does not mean that they are Africanized bees. It's a big island queen. So quit being a fool (laughs) and trying to tell people that you're all awesome because you removed Africanized honeybees in Chicago because you did not because they don't live in Chicago. Um, The true Africanized genetics... Because of the predispositions and things that they have, they made it all the way to the Mason-Dixon line, Mm -hmm. and they stopped. Mm -hmm. They also did not travel east. So you can get bees from Carolina Mm -hmm. that are not Africanized. They're meaner than hell. No, but but they're not Africanized. Yeah. Because something about the moisture content when you started getting over like Louisiana and going out that way and the humidity... Mm -hmm. There was something about it they didn't like because they came from Africa. They're used to a more arid climate. So they went up through Texas. They scooted over. And then all of a sudden, the expansion went westward. And so you can find them all across the bottom of the United States, all the way over into California in the lower part below that Mason-Dixon line. But they, if they go above it, they are predispositioned in their world. There's always food available. That's why they'll live in a smaller container. And they don't necessarily, they can make a lot of honey, but they don't make a lot of honey because at a drop of a hat in their mind, they should be able to leave and go. They'll they'll do migratory absconding where they purposely just leave a colony and move further. Absconding. Absconding is where everybody leaves at once. Yeah, I know. And so they'll go and they'll do that. But when they do that across the Mason-Dixon line, Mm -hmm. winter hits and the next day or there's no food, Mm -hmm. they starve and die. So at the right time of year, you can find a true African genetic line swarm a little bit past the Mason-Dixon line, but they will not be there permanently. They don't live there year round. And after like the whole Chiberia winter that they just had up north, you don't have Africanized colonies up there. Sorry. You know why? Because some of them bees sit there and look at them other bees and can you squeal like a pig? No, I'm not gonna play the music. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dueling banjos. We gotta close this up. And Eric on leave. that note, Eric ladies and gentlemen, I'm scone the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and on the dueling banjos note, that has been another episode of the Hive Jive. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in for this uh, special. Really special yellow school bus special April Fool's Day episode of April the Hive Jive. Fools, guys and gals. <laughs> I'm going to abscond the hell out of here. That's See right. Y'all. Bye. The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes the first and third Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves. Behave yourselves.